0: man has it been such a long time since i've recorded a podcast episode i know i said i was going to do one every other week but we got some test results back from one of my kids um and handling his protocol and all the things that come with it took priority and i wanted to share like we're almost done with the protocol we're a couple months in um And it has been so insightful to be able to support my son in his health. Uh, We've got, we did a GI map, we did his HTMA analysis, and both of those things combined, being able to correlate those two test results has been so, so insightful and even just empowering in being the person who can support my son in his health. Um, I've shared before in the past on Instagram about how my husband and I had, had some concerns about him and a lot of the stuff that we were getting from our pediatrician was, oh, this is just normal little boy stuff. And to some degree we agreed, but we knew that there was some more digging to do, um, and since the beginning of my own training and functional nutrition, I have always said to my husband, if I don't do this professionally, at the very least, this is going to benefit our family. And it for sure has on an everyday basis with how I prepare food, how I feed my family to make sure that we're well nourished, and how my kids have nutrients to support their growth because they still have so much growing to do. Um, but it came to a, rea- like a reality check on how important what I know is and how inaccessible it is to so many families. And that has grieved me in the last few months, like thinking through uh, families trying to support their kids' health, not having access or even knowledge of things to look for when they see things in their own children or or themselves. So today's episode is going to be sharing a bit about that journey and supporting my son, what kind of labs we did, what the results were, what I was thinking, uh, what kind of help I received from other colleagues, and um, to share with you, like if you're thinking about your own kid and you have some concerns about his or her health, uh, I'll share some of the tests that I would recommend in specific circumstances. Um, So... I'm really excited to share this. I'm sorry if it's taken so long. I've been saying I was going to share it for like a while now, but we're getting to it. Welcome to Milk and Meat, a podcast about the Bible, food, and motherhood. I'm your host, Nina Marie, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're able to gain added skills and tools that you need in order to take control of your health, the health of your family, to eat delicious food that nourishes you, and that you may be conformed to the image of Christ. Let's dig in. Okay, so the first thing that we did with Ezra was run a an HTMA analysis. That's a hair tissue mineral analysis. Um, and this was back in January and I kind of sat on his results for a while. So prior to getting his HTMA uh, last year, we saw that things were starting to um worsen with him. So he's been showing a lot of aggressive behavior. Um the aggression was progressing and becoming a little more violent in his reactions to things. Uh, prior to this aggressive state, he was also just like he couldn't control sensory things. And so we knew that there were some sensory issues and I spoke and And uh, worked with someone who specifically works with children and sensory issues. Uh, She's also a speech pathologist. And so a lot of the symptoms that I was paying attention to, she said, were clear, like, exhibitions of things that she sees with her, the kids that she works with. And so we had worked on a lot of that. One of the things that we did for a while was chiropractic work with our with the amazing chiropractor in Chicago, Dr. Tom from Roots Wellness. Oh man, Roots Chiropractic Wellness. You guys, if you're in Chicago, you have to see him. He also has a second office, I think, in Northwest Indiana now. Um, he has an amazing rate. You can like get your whole family in It's such a reasonable cro- cost to be able to have chiropractic work. He did not put me up to sharing this. I just wanted to share it because it was it completely changed what we saw was going on with our son. So um, the reason that I took him was because my husband and I were talking about our concerns about Ezra. And I remembered that I had met Dr. Tom like a year or so prior at uh, an event that where he was hosting some of the midwives in Chicago that do home births. It's Gentle Birth. And there was this like night where we just chat chatted about home birth and the safety that comes with it and that it's not as extreme as people make it to be. And as I was in his office, I was perusing through books on the shelves asking him what kinds of clients he saw. And he told me that he's worked with families, but his like specialty or the people that he wanted to work with or worked with most were kids that were on the autism spectrum disorder or autism, autism disorder spectrum. Um, and he worked a lot of with a lot of kids that had behavioral issues, and so in this conversation over a year year later with Bryant, I remembered Dr. Tom, so I reached out to him. We went to his office. We had Ezra analyzed, and one he like sat with me for I don't know thirty minutes at least, just asking me questions about my pregnancy with Ezra, like what were things like, and so I already knew in that moment like this man knows that there's more to what we're seeing and it can go all the way back to my pregnancy. And so I shared about how that was stressful for me. I was also pretty depleted. I had him very close after having my first Jude. He was um, there 14 months apart. And so I know that there can be some things rooted in my pregnancy. So we were chatting about that. We chatted about breastfeeding. He was breastfed until one. He self-weaned a week before he turned one. Uh, because I was pregnant with Phoebe. um, And he was just done. So with that, he self-weaned. He he was always just someone trying to go and uh, go for sensory things. Like there's no other way to put it. Like he wanted to hit things, jump, push things, feel. And so I knew and a lot of the movement that I saw in him was upper body. And so at this meeting with Dr. Tom, Ezra can't sit still he's just jumping around I'm like this is exactly what I'm talking about and I know that kids can learn to sit still I know that there is like okay they need to just run and move but with him there was no sitting still ever they like he just didn't get tired he just passed out um so in our assessment um he had these fancy tools to check Ezra's central nervous system and how it's communicating throughout his body In the first assessment he does, he is measuring this communication in the CNS and um, the machine is able to show the electrical output of different parts of his central nervous system. And we see on the screen that a lot, or the images that were displayed after the analysis, a lot of Ezra's energy, so to speak, like all of those messages were kind of getting stuck his like neck and shoulders and if you saw him like he couldn't sit still but a lot of the movement when he would try to sit still was just his upper body neck and shoulders moving like it was just wild and so it made complete sense so we started with like three to four visits a week i want to say it was three in the first month and then reassessed and then we were doing two visits a week for a few more months And that was pretty challenging for me. One, we had three small kids. Two, we lived on the exact opposite side of Chicago. And the drive to his office was like 40 minutes one way. Um, So it was really difficult to get there, but we made it work. And Dr. Tom told us at the beginning, like, there's a possibility that he may have detox response in the beginning. And so things might actually get worse. And so I'm glad he told me that at the outset because things did, in fact, get worse. Like, it was frustrating. And I would have a conversation with Brian. I'd be like, I don't know if this is working, but we committed to the full three months. He told us it could get worse. By the end of, like, it was maybe about four months. By the end of it, oh, man, Ezra was different. Like, he could sit still. He was much more calm. He was much more emotionally uh intuitive. Like he could see the emotions of other people. Whereas before he had trouble with that. So we were really excited to see all of that progress with Ezra. Um, and to see him just flourish as a child and not be the kid that no one wanted to hang out with or be friends with because he was just so difficult to play with or had no emotional stability. And then we moved here to Texas and we have not found a chiropractor like Dr. Tom. And by by the like four months in here, um, we saw that some of those same tendencies were coming back. And so I decided, okay, I have all of these tests at my disposal. Let's use it on our kids. So I ran the HTMA analysis on all three of my kids. When I got Ezra's results, I kind of sat on it for a while because I was trying to pick through all of the data and then i'm used to interpreting this for adults and not so much for kids so i was seeking for uh just help and input to make sure that i was interpreting his results well one of the things when we're looking at htma analysis the first thing we look at is the metabolic type that the lab categorizes them as and kids are supposed to be fast metabolizers till at least 10 to 12 years old um, that's because there's so much growth happening in childhood and the thyroid and adrenal glands are working excessively, quote unquote, excessively in comparison to adults, um, because they handle the metabolic rate and all of that growth needs to happen. Ezra is categorized as a slow four. And so that right there is an indicator that something's off, like there. are is stress going on in his body, whether it's perceived or actual stress, and it is already s- prematurely slowing down his metabolism? Then we can look at um, those single elements uh, first. So there are nutritional elements, the first four on an HTMA analysis calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. They are the macro minerals and electrolytes. Uh, his calcium and magnesium are low like almost in in the non-acceptable range it's depressed uh and that's indicative of uh, slow slowed metabolism for adults it would be fast but he also has way way high sodium and potassium like the lab high you want this The lab high is like 65 or more for sodium, and he's at 134. And then the lab high for potassium is 44, and he's at 287. So when we see those things, when we see um, sodium and potassium so high, we know there is an extreme stress response occurring in the body. And in children specifically, this is often tied to heavy metal toxicity. Sodium, again, is supposed to be like... I think it's 20 to 30 and he's at six, he's at 134. And then potassium, I think is supposed to be at like a 1.5 ish and he's at 287. So we know that this, there's stress going on in his body. Next to that, we see that there are six toxic metals present Slow metabolizers typically cannot excrete heavy metals well because they don't have the nutritional capacity to handle normal physiological function on top of excreting heavy metals. So the fact that metals are present and he's a slow metabolizer is telling me that there's likely more metals that he cannot excrete or the body has been unable or unable to excrete. Because of that slowed or premature slowed metabolism. And then we want to remember that heavy metals, when we see them on a test, they're cumulative, they're compounding. So it's like if you stack all of these metals that are found on top of one another, they're in the way high toxic range. Um, there's no like a little bit is enough. Oh, it's just a little bit. You have a ton of a little bit and that's going to stress the body. I think that is a big reason that... Um, he has that that big stress response. Another thing that we see with his single elements, so his magnesium is low, like very low. His zinc is very low and his selenium is very low. Those three nutrients in particular are major antioxidants. And with them being so depressed, <coughs> We know that there is likely high inflammation. So I want you to remember that sodium, not sodium, I'm sorry, magnesium, zinc, and selenium were depressed. And when we see that because they're antioxidants, there's likely high inflammation. Um, 90% of magnesium is supposed to be in the cell. And if it's being lost uh, because it's one of the first minerals to be depleted in times of stress that's also confirming that really, really high sodium and potassium that we see because it's just another uh, indicator of ex- of the extreme stress response. And then we want to look at sulfur. Sulfur is an important nutrient for detoxification. Um, specifically, there is a detoxification pathway. It's called sulfation that requires sulfate sulfur to work um it's critical in the body's ability to remove toxins through methylation methylation is when uh toxins are bound to a methyl group for the body to excrete and so sulfur is also on the low end which is telling me that there might be some difficulty with his body detoxifying Um, boron is also crazy crazy high with boron being so high we know that there is high adrenal stress because boron is needed to support adrenal function and it helps the body to absorb calcium and magnesium. His calcium and magnesium were really low. And so definitely wanna pay attention to um, boron as well. So next we'll look at significant ratios. There are a bunch of them, but we're just gonna take a look at a few. We want to know that the minerals that we see do not work in isolation. They have synergistic relationships with each other and even vitamins and other things in the body or hormones in the body. And they have um, antagonistic relationships with other minerals, other vitamins or hormones in the body. And so they don't work by themselves, which is why we don't look at... Uh, The single nutritional elements alone, we need to look at them in context. And so the significant ratios uh, help us point us in specific directions as minerals work together or against one another. Um, The first we'll take a look at or you'll hear about is the sodium potassium ratio. We want this at a 2.4 that's optimal for adults. He's at a 0.47. So if he was at like a 1.52, that would be really great. But his is still severely depressed. This is pointing to potential long-term chronic stress uh, because this is the stress pattern ratio. So sodium will correlate to aldosterone, which is an adrenal hormone, and that's re- responsible for regulating blood pressure and increasing so- sodium absorption and excreting potassium. And then potassium will correlate quarter- correlate with cortisone, which is an adrenal hormone as well and is responsible for the anti-inflammatory response in the body. Cortisone is a metabolite of cortisol and it indicates that there is an elevated stress response. The other ratio that we can look at is the sodium to magnesium ratio. This is the adrenal ratio it shows that there's a lot of energy being used. It is severely elevated. We want it at like a four with adults. His is at a 38.29. So if he was like at a, I don't know, between a three and a five, that would be really good. Um, but it's, it's, it's just so, so high. And this is telling us that adrenals are being used like crazy right now. Now we have to remember he is a child and so we do want that increased adrenal response because it is part of um, his metabolic rate. Like it's going to, we want increased metabolic rate in children, but that's still really, really high. And it tells us that the adrenals are working excessively. So this tendency when we see something so high like that could be Um, inflammatory reaction remember those three nutrients we mentioned magnesium zinc and selenium are really important for the um, because their antioxidants are necessary for the inflammatory response so the fact that this sodium to magnesium ratio is so high tells us that there is increased inflammation now another marker that we see on here is the calcium to magnesium ratio that's the blood sugar ratio uh, it is elevated it's not severely elevated it's still within the like lab high which is a good thing uh, but that indicates low blood sugar and to some degree again we want to expect this in a child because if you have a fast metabolic rate your blood sugar is going to be lower because your body's using that blood sugar um, much more quickly for energy production because glucose will be used to produce energy but we don't want it to the point where there's some lethargy so he doesn't experience lethargy in that manner um, or he doesn't want to do things he has energy all of the time so I think this may actually be a healthy place for his blood sugar ratio in particular So I sat on these results for a while. I was just picking it all apart, looking at all of the different pieces and trying to figure out what I can do to support his health. Then about a month or so, maybe a little like five or six weeks after I had results, I was like, okay, next step, things are not um, going in the direction we want it to go to. Let's get a GI map done. I was in my um, ND studies focusing on gut health in particular. And I was reading this book that just continued to confirm my love and passion for supporting gut health. And I was like, okay, again, I have these tools at my disposal. I need to use them. I want to try to help get to the root cause of whatever is going on with my son. So we ran a GI map. A GI map is a stool test. It's going to look at a ton of different things in the gastrointestinal tract. So it'll give us information on your stomach. It'll measure to see if H. pylori is present. Um, If it is present, that can be indicative of low stomach acid. It's also going to measure some virulence factors that can make H. pylori worse and can lead things to different gastric ulcers or even gastric cancers. Uh, It will look at the microbial strains in your intestinal tract. So there are specific strains that we want to see at specific levels. Uh, They're called the commensal bacteria. And so it's going to look for those specific strains And then there are strains that are looked for that we don't really want to see. Um, Those are called opportunistic bacteria and it'll measure for pathogenic things like E. coli, um, different viruses like EBV. Um, It will look for worms, parasites. It will tell us about your Body's ability to produce enzymes for breaking down protein or bile for breaking down and emulsifying fat that we consume. It will look at um, something called beta-glucuronidase, which is an enzyme that is produced that can turn estrogen back on after it's been turned on for elimination or detoxification it will judge and measure your body's secretory IgA. So your immune system, 60 to 70% of it is housed in your intestinal tract. So SIGA are those immune cells. Um, It will look for inflammation. It'll look for a possible uh, inflammatory response to gluten. It's something called anti-gliadin. Inflammation is judged by a measurement called calprotectin and calprotectin is used both in functional medicine and in conventional medicine to judge and diagnose things like irritable bowel disease Uh, there's just so much information that the gi map gives us so we had ezra do it when i got his results two weeks after a sample I legit sat at my desk by myself and was on the verge of tears. I'm not going to lie. And that is because there was definitely dysbiosis. And I, was, I wasn't surprised to see that. Like I was expecting dysbiosis. Um, there, his his uh, digestion in regards to like enzymes and bile for protein and fatty acids was good. But he had pretty elevated beta-glucuronidase. And for a little boy, that is just like... Something that you definitely want to pay attention to that's not common. Um, his immune system was in a really sad state. His anti gliadin came up pretty elevated, so we knew okay, we need to for sure stick to gluten free everywhere we go. We ha- we're gluten free at home, but if we're outside of home or in someone else's home, we're a little more lenient there. So we've we've decided no, everyone's going gluten free for sure, especially for Ezra's sake. And then his calprotectin levels. So you want that measurement to be as close to zero as possible. The lab high is anything over 173. And his measurement for that, which is the inflammation marker, his measurement came back at like 1300 something. And I sat there and cried. I was like, oh man, there is so much inflammation in his bowel, like in his colon. And where is that inflammation coming from? Like, uh, so because of that, because we saw that inflammation and we see on his test those depleted minerals that are helpful for the inflammatory response, we know that his adrenals are working over time, his um, immune cells in his gut were wiped. Like, okay, what do we need to do to help? What and we need to figure out what is causing all that inflammation. And so part of it could be the H. pylori that his stomach was dealing with. So we're on a protocol for H. pylori. Um But it could be other things. So we opted to get an MRT, food sensitivity test done. I don't typically run this uh, when I do a GI map. I don't think that they're entirely necessary. But when I see results like this where there's crazy high inflammation and there's an obvious inflammatory response that's been going on for a long time and we need to support that. I want to get to the root and try to eliminate any additional stressors. So we did an MRT food sensitivity test and he only came back with like a few, which was great. Like we didn't want an entire list of all the foods that we couldn't eat, but it was also still like, is this, is this the cause of all that inflammation? Like, is it just these four or five foods? Um, Or is it the H. pylori or is it something else that we're not missing? So We've been on this protocol for a, a couple months now. We'll be finishing up in a few weeks. And I can't wait to like retest him to see if the protocol has worked. We did, we have a few supplements he does each day. I did a, um, an htma specific powder for kids that addresses the nutritional imbalances that we see on his htma so that has been helpful we've been doing smoothies with that we added in a supplement called l-glycine to support gut health to try to just build up his gut more than anything and then eliminate that h pylori um i wanted to give you this update because uh you know it's helpful to hear like other families are going through it too. And maybe you have a kid that has some things going on and you want to get to the root of it. Like maybe you want to make sure that your kid's nutrient mineral stores are where they should be. And an HTMA analysis is such an affordable test to have it done. And it's so simple. Like you're you're snipping some hair and sending it to the lab. And so if you're interested in having your family go through an HTMA analysis, I would be honored to support you in that process. I do have a discounted rate for kids. Um, When mom does it and then has the add-on for kids, I typically don't charge an analysis analysis fee. Um, I just... Get your whole family worked up so that you can have tools and then i'll have that protocol like this is what we need to do over the next three months to support it we definitely want to retest in three to four months to make sure that things are trending in the direction they should be trending um, if there's heavy metals found we could potentially talk about what we need to do to support mineral stores to help excrete those heavy metals and detox them appropriately we want to open up our drainage pathways i just I want to be able to support you as you support your family and honoring God by taking care of your body. And we do that with knowledge. And, and I know that your PCP or your pediatrician likely isn't using these kinds of tests and you're going based on symptoms. And I want you to know that there's a better way. There's another way that is more supportive, that is gentle and can bring about great great results. One of them will definitely be chiropractic work, that's for sure, um, and then just nutritional therapy. So if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at Mama Wheel. You can email me, Marie at mamawheel.org. I'm always available. I want to at least point you in the right direction and be a resource for you if we're not working together. But if you are interested in working together because you're my wonderful podcast listener you can use the discount code milk and meat all caps the whole word no spaces uh, to get fifty dollars off the htma analysis for you or your child i'll make sure that link is there as well otherwise you can book a connection call and we can get started that way i hope you have a good one